Welcome to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast. My name is Doug Winters, and I will be your host and trusty guide in attempting to demystify the entire daunting process of planning the perfect wedding. In a casual interview format, I'll be talking to the top industry professionals so you can hear directly from them exactly what it is they actually do. Event coordinators, musicians, florists, dress designers, photographers, and even maitre d's that you'll be trusting to make your wedding an unforgettable experience. Hit me up on either Twitter at WedWisdomPod or Facebook at Doug Winters BKS and let me know who you'd like me to have on and what questions you'd like me to ask. And as I remind every couple that I play for, this will inevitably be the most expensive party you'll ever throw. But remember, it's still a party. So try and enjoy yourselves. Let's do the show. Today, I got a chance to sit down with one of the great grand dames of the wedding industry. Her name is Kate Edmonds, and she truly has maybe the most delicious British accent I've ever heard. And we actually did sit down for tea and crumpets in her living room. So rather than listening to my voice, let's jump right into the interview. And I can't swear they were crumpets, but if you listen carefully, you can hear the sound of teacups rattling in the background. Kate Edmonds. Hello. I was doing some homework. Okay. And you did the Saturday Night Live after parties? I did. How cool was that? When did you do that? How long did you do it that? It was in the 80s when I started Were they out. as debauched as they sound like they would be? Um, I don't think debauched would be the word. Um, it was a very big group that would get together and the friends and the family and everybody on the show. And it was our job. Um, I had a partner, David Wallace, and it was our job to find large, cool spaces, usually restaurants, mm -hmm. and we took over the party space at night after the show, and probably 300 people would show up, somewhere between 150 and 300 people, and we did it, I don't know, about 15 times, 18 times, but it was a lot of fun, and we did it with Robin Williams and Run DMC and Mick Jagger and Madonna. Oh, my God. It was fabulous, really? yeah. And I was very young, and it was very fun. Stevie Ray Vaughan, I remember. Ah, oh, Jerry Hall, so fun. Um, she's very tall. She's very tall. <laughs> Towering over me. So basically, Lauren Michaels would take everybody out to dinner after the show, and still does, because a few weeks ago... I was having a very late Saturday night supper at a very famous restaurant that's large, and they wanted to usher us all out. And I said, what's the hurry? You've got a Saturday Night Live party happening? And the guy Oh, went, they knew you? No. Oh. Uh Complete coincidence. And the chap was really mortified and said, who told you? Who told you? It's a secret. <laughs> and I said, it's okay. I won't tell anybody. Anyway, so that's what they were doing. So they're still doing the same thing. Are you still doing it? No, no. I just did it when I was young, before I had a proper business. Um, I'm sure they have a big in-house team that does it how'd you get in? How'd you get involved with that? I mean, that sounds like a very cool... Thing. I have no idea how we got the job initially. Um, I used to advertise one line in New York Magazine. Uh, it was elegant Soho lofts, loft all services provided. I remember the number. And we got everybody from that ad back in the day. And I think maybe Laura Michaels came, came through that. Oh, wow. So you had a loft 
And you had, so like you ran parties through this one loft no, space before no, you became a, no, as you said, proper. No, we would find different venues all around the city okay. that would house a lot of people. And it was usually a large restaurant. And perhaps they found us because David and myself had a moving nightclub. We had a little nightclub called the Mickey Mouse Operation. And then later we had to change it to the Boom Boom Room because um, I think Disney threatened to sue us. No, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but this was back in the 80s. We just used to take over fabulous party spaces. And then everybody used to come and we charged cash at the door and past hors d'oeuvres and had weird entertainment and a great... Yeah, yeah it's amazing it was... how we ever went out and had so much fun when, you know, the invitations came by the telephone, it came by mail, right? or people passed Word out flyers, mouth. right? Word of mouth. Yeah. And, and party plan... The, that was the first time I heard the word party plan. Yeah. When I first came and to New York... that was probably you. <laughs> yeah, probably. I came to New York, um, and I remember going to a dinner party, and a woman, in all seriousness, asked me what is a party planner, and I explained to her. And I think at that time there was probably five of us in the country if. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't give me my first job, so I was wondering if you know um, Barbara yes. Israel? Uh, yes. Just such a wonderful woman. And she would literally call me up and say, okay, uh, Doug, you're doing a party for NBC on Thursday, December 8th. It's a Christmas party. They don't want any slow songs because they don't want, you know, babies... <laughs> born, you know, they don't... Too you know. romantic. So just keep it up, you know, up-tempo all night long and... Well, that's what's great about her. She knew her client. She knew her clients. And she was able to tell me, get to know this one. Right. Because you're representing me. And I took that right. extremely seriously. Right. And that was my first introduction to party planning. But the best event planners really know their clients, the real professionals... And they take talent under their wing. Yeah. Um, just like Anna Winter does with fashion designers. Yeah. We take talent under our wing over time and nurture it and grow, whether it's a photographer, a videographer, florist, um, you know, any kind of shows. I have wonderful, lasting relationships with yeah. myriad of vendors. But, but at the same time, I'm always bringing some new blood into the mix because right. I think that's very important too. Yeah, and people want, also, people want to know what's new, what's different. I, I mean, also, if they had a party with, let's say they've been doing the same party for five years and the band's kind of playing the same songs every year, right. it's like, all right, it's time for a change. Well, that's also a challenge to a party planner because each year's got to be new. So if I have a corporate client... I probably wouldn't repeat the bands. Right. I might have hmm, some jazz in the beginning with the same people from the same right, band sure. company, but I would bring in a different band. I would or mix it up. Or even different people from the jazz. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would just, I, I, you know, mix it up, see what's new. I have this sort of, um, I call it Factor X, where I sort of say, oh, I really need a great dance piece to close a show. And then I stumble on on a fabulous dance piece or a great band or a wonderful magician and, you know, that just that icing on the cake yeah. for a great party. So, right. Yeah. So the people leave saying, oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. And um, a memorable time has had, you know. You know, as time goes on and the Internet's very important and everybody's shopping on their smartphones, 
um, the powers that be are developing all these apps. So they say now you don't need... Yes, we started talking about this. Right. So, yeah. so if they want a band, they go on a portal. Someone who sells bands, they might sell a lot of things, but who sells bands, not necessarily a entertainment company. And they're sort of pushing it, but it's, it's, it's one thing just putting all these bands and things out to a client. And the client picks based on... A client picks on what looks good at that showcase or online, they don't know the nuance of the band or the reputation or do they switch people out? They don't know if it's right with the other vendors. Whereas a good professional party planner weaves it all together and right. makes the movie. And, right. and that's what's being lost today. That's what's very funny that you said that makes the movie because I think that a really good party planner is the director slash producer, really, because director, you're in charge producer. of money as well. Yep, producer, director. On, on my website, um, I always use, I've used it for years, maybe about 20 years, I always say a, a, an event or a wedding or a party is a Broadway show without a dress rehearsal. Perfect. Oh, that's, that's perfect. Because it's totally it really is. is. It totally is. And, um, Especially for the bride. I mean... Exactly, and she's a character. So, so really, when yeah, you put she's on the these parties, the she's the star of, of the play, of the movie. I tell every bride that I work with that you're the only one in the room wearing this beautiful, big, white dress. If you're on the dance floor, your friends will be on the dance floor, your relatives will be on the dance floor, the dance floor becomes the happening place to be. Everyone looks great. Right. The bride and groom have a huge responsibility on their wedding they day. They do. Well, they're the host. It's the first time they're hosting a major event. Right. Um, they're setting the tone for their relationship, for their marriage, for their social life. And they have a huge responsibility to be great host and Hosts. hostess. Yeah. yeah. They, they just do. They, they, because if they're smiling, if they're canoodling, right. if they're dancing. If, if you're playing the right songs at the right time, then it's not forced. Like if you've spent the time, if I've spent the time, what you, I think what you're trying to say is that you will take the time to get to know the couple and right. have a conversation. Right. And what is death to a party is when a bride and groom seems to think that they need to put a playlist together. Oh, my God. That's so... I can't believe you're saying this. This is great. Unless a bride says, oh, my God, I forgot to tell you this was my favorite song. Right, when I was at, right. All my friends are here and I forgot this song. Then it's different. That, that's different, right? But hopefully you've got a good party planner who's flushed that out from the the, the, yes. the guys before and communicated with you so you've got the sheet well, music and the score. and That's what's great. But I actually sort of flushed this out. For instance, I'm doing a birthday, 40th birthday party on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about it. Um, it was a client that I did their wedding. Oh, beautiful. And oh, so, so I you. feel like I know them very well. Yeah. yeah. You know them, they trust you. Yeah, and... wonderful friends, wonderful families. So I'm very excited for them. But I was very happy when the groom sort of said, I want this song to surprise her by. And that, that's, you know, but he's not orchestrating. He's, right, I love he, that. He trusts me to pull it together. And, and then I like his input. You know, most things I take care of. And then I'll be like, oh, let Brian choose this. And, you know, and he, he has such good... Yeah. instincts has to be woven in yeah. to the movie.
Exactly. Exactly. Um, I actually had a conversation with a, a lovely woman who owns a lot of clubs and restaurant services and things and hotels downtown. And she had been to a wedding um, and she told me that she she really notices everything because she's in the business. Oh, sure. But she felt for the bride who had put lots of time, effort, and money into a show, but it hadn't been coordinated mm. because when the show went on, they dropped the main course plates down. Oh, no. So everybody was preoccupied with eating this amazing... And they're doing a show and there's and sounding of... It sounds like a... Cheesy night People phone. just weren't giving it. What kind of show was it? I don't know. I didn't cry yeah, but because the point was... we were too busy working on our show for this weekend. But um, she just mentioned that, you know, it, it's because she felt that there wasn't a professional planner who had coordinated. You know, this is the this is the downside of having that last minute planner or the, the day of or uh-huh. the month of. You, they're not around long day enough. Day of confuses me a bit. Right. Sure, it, it confuses the planners. I mean, to come in at the last minute when the bride and her family have had free reign to hire... For a year. For a year and, and space and organize and, and they expect somebody to come in and stop things going wrong right. is, is yeah. ludicrous beyond. Yeah. Um, I hear horror stories, but, um, and I worked, I did a partial planning for a girl recently and it was very difficult because she, in her mind, was the planner and I was just help designing and, the and help. helping on the end, okay. uh, doing, working on the end, but I did the whole design. That was okay. my job, really. Right. Because um, we do a lot of um, design pieces and color schemes and tablescapes and visuals to get you know, so I come up with the designs and then I, I um, have a partnership with a floral designer or a set designer or, you know, that kind of thing. So do you like the term uh, director or producer or event planner or party planner? Um, well, it depends. I think I used to like party planner because the party planners I knew were the Queen's cousins in England. Tell me about so, that. So okay. The so, very yes. top was, of the, you know, so the people that put on the parties in the royal family and all the years or the very fancy houses where right. there was probably were very fancy ladies. So I liked the idea of party planner. So when I first. Wait, wait, to, start, sorry. Oh, start oh, start oh, from right. the beginning. So right. you're in England. No, I'm not in England. I'm in America okay. and okay. I decided to have a company and it started with the nightclubs and the Saturday Night Live. Right, the boom, boom, room and, and all that the movie jazz, world. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, we called ourselves party planners. Right. And that's because I knew that, was the time. that the Queen's cousin and some of the ladies and things that were involved in very high-level party organizing from medieval times were the party planners. Oh, is that right? Well... My first business card with David, I had a juggler on the front of it, juggling like this. It was Wallace and Edmonds. And because the juggler was the first character that walked into the old stately homes and Right, they'd be leading the, the parade. Party. Okay. So that's so that we went right back to that. And that oh, that's se- great. And that seemed fine. So you went back to your roots. So the people who planned the parties for the royals, 
were these fancy ladies. They were, well, the Queen's cousin and a few other things. I mean, when I was a young woman. Oh, so they woman, were royalty. But themselves. now it's, you know, I mean, event planning is huge. Oh, it's a billion you know, dollar just, business. Just huge. But you, but you started your company on the idea of these. These, these elegant people. These elegant, sophisticated women who knew how to throw an elegant, sophisticated Who party. had good instincts. You know, I, I was fortunate. I grew up um, with a very strict mother, huge foodies in my family, cooks, foodies, florists, not florists, but gardeners. Gardeners. <laughs> um, they had floors. Sort of, so I, manners, the way you set a table. I mean... And that's why I started my blog on my website, because once I get going, I think I'm going to be able to show people how to set a, a, a table, you know, a simple table and a more extravagant table. I mean, now today I go out into the party world and I often see huge faux pas. Really? Oh, yes. And I, there's things I won't allow. You know, the, it's classic, you know, the bread and butter plate on top of your dessert silverware with the salt and pepper on the table, all wrong. You know, oh, okay. you should never have to lean over to your bread plate so your sleeves would get in your food, how disgusting. And then, you know, this new trend of putting the napkin under the charger, all supposed to be in layers and accessible. Wait, what's the charger? The charger is the big show plate. It's called a charger? It's a charger. I never heard the that term. is the first thing out. You know, a nice napkin, a nice napkin ring, a menu. You look at your menu, you pop your napkin on your knee. I mean, some people, I, I've done parties where people did not know that they had to put the napkin on the knee so that they could bring out the soup or the first course or things like that. So my staff had to sort of. So there really help is them. a formality to oh, it. And you can have the waiters great... almost like take the, take the napkin from them and help them? Well, or no. what, yes. What I did is I got my staff to quietly mention to the waiters and the people that hadn't got them on the knee, you only need to put one or two on people's knees and then everybody follows suit. Right, of course. And then we, we collect the napkin rings. Because Americans don't know. I mean, we just take well, a napkin and napkin No, to... no, I would say that no, 90, I'm, 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 90% I'm of people I've met in America all know very well what, what to do with a napkin. Yeah. Um, but some cultures don't. And I've been, you know, I, I've been enjoying working with different cultures and they sometimes don't know that well, we have to take this off off the, the charger because we need to put the soup bowl on top of that. That's, a, that's first of all, I've, I've learned what a charger is, talking about wedding wisdom. Right, I've learned what exactly. a charger is. So that's the largest tape. It's a, that's a, that's it's a, a show full plate. size. You don't it's have, a show to, plate. You you don't don't have to have one. You could okay. just be a napkin in a napkin ring um, waiting for you, and then you have your knives and forks you know, at the side. Um, a pet peeve of mine is... Um, I don't like bread and butter plates at a formal party. I think the bread can be butlered onto the plate of the first course that they do in Europe. As opposed to just grabbing a roll. I just don't like the bread and butter plate. I find it, it over, it's, it's more important on a table than the flowers. It's like sitting there and on a 60-inch on round and you have 10 people, there isn't room to have it in the proper place. On Especially the with a large... We have flowers in the middle. Well, no, and it's the, the left. No, so you're supposed to have your plate, and the bread and butter plate is on the left. Oh, of each person. Yeah. So, so here's oh. your plate. Right. Doesn't matter if you have a charger or not. That's the napkin. Right. So, your bread and butter plate is just supposed to be left of that. Right, with a big pad of but, butter. But they stick it over here. Uh. 
Oh, I, I see. And then people put dessert silverware down, and you're not meant to put dessert silverware down until you've removed the salt and pepper and you've cleared all the savoury stuff. So I don't allow, you know, I mean, my captains would laugh, but I don't allow it. It's just, we don't do that unless there is some untoward circumstance. Now, is there a, is there a term for what you're talking about? I mean, it's is called this... etiquette. Etiquette. I mean, but is this like true, proper etiquette? Is this like so it's just etiquette? I don't think it's the, the, the term isn't proper etiquette. It's just there etiquette. isn't an improper etiquette. I think that's an oxymoron. <laughs> I think it's just etiquette is just a way. Is this etiquette or, or or you're not? Oh, you're not. Right. Right. I think I, I think. Um, so your staff has to be trained, really, or they have to be trained in this style. Oh, often the waiters are so much more sophisticated than the people in, in the room. So, more sophisticated. Sophisticated. I, yeah. No, for years, because they're college graduates who are training in music or acting or dance. Right. Or, I talk about this with my son all the time. And so some of the smartest people in the yeah, room. Yeah, some of the, that's why it's been such a great uh, career for me, because, and that, you know, I have had an opportunity over the years to go to and be social and attend some of the best parties in America. And frankly, I love the back of the house better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot more interesting conversations going on. Right, right. Um, you know, mostly. Here's a question for you. What, what do you do if you have a band that's playing too loudly? Even the one complaint that I, I hear from clients, they say, make sure you play really softly during courses. And I say, yeah, of course. I mean, A, you want the drummer and the bass player and the, you know, to take a break. You don't want screaming vocals. You want people to be able to talk. So, but people constantly say to me, uh, I was eating dinner and I couldn't even talk because the music was so loud. Right. So, whose job is that? Is that, it's your job? Look, to, well, obviously it's the band yeah, leader's no, job, it, but if it, they're not doing the job. Right. Whose job is that? If there is a professional party planner, it's their job to make sure that happens. But the best thing to do is to have a relationship with your bands mm -hmm. prior to the night. Right. It's an understood, you know, when, when bands are working with me, you know, we, the drums are on brushes, the horns are on mute. Thank you. Okay. All right, and, good. And, and I go further than that. With an older crowd, mm -hmm. I often break the entire band at main course. And just have silence? Just have silence. It's fabulous. Not even tinkling piano? You can have tinkling piano, and usually for private parties, but for non-for-profit and corporate and some private parties, I do a clean break, let them go to the powder room, let them eat and have a drink. And there's something extremely pleasant about that. You've had fabulous music at cocktails. You've had music, orchestra, you know, music when they walk into a ballroom. First dances, all that jazz. First course, speeches, more music. And I think you can't just keep going up musically. That's so you, right. So you have to go you up really and four down. Hours, five hours, that's a long time. It's tiring on the ears. So, so that's why I like the band to come back to a Cole Porter or a Frank mm -hmm. or something, even right. at the end where most band leaders are cranking up, cranking up, cranking Cran up. Yeah. And right. it just then everybody, well, everybody that's over 40 leaves. Right. And right. there's just this mess on the dance floor. Yeah, I hate that. I, yeah, so, so I... I call it the wave theory. So it's something I came up with about a decade ago, actually. Right. 
and it works really nicely for a very lovely party where people leave feeling elated, not assaulted. Assaulted. That's the perfect. Yeah, because if you're playing so loud and your ears are ringing when you leave. That's terrible. That's not good. I, I would leave. Yeah. yeah. I've been to a few, you know, there's, um, I love to have fun. Yeah. So I like to go to Gatsby evenings and <clears throat> parties around town. But we do tend to leave because I'm not going to ruin my ears. Right. And it's very easy to ruin your ears. It, Trust me. It is. You know, I'm sure most musicians are almost deaf. So do you, do you make sure that they do hire a sound company separate from the band? Um, a lot some... of good bands have sound. Yes. Um, but if we are layering on an MC and different entertainers, performance, speeches, absolutely. Right. You need the help. Sure. The band needs the help. And um, you have to deal with power issues. Yeah. There's a lot to do with power yeah. issues, right? Um, especially as I love lighting, so... I love great lighting, so, you know, I need to... Right, that's one thing I learned a long time ago is that the lighting can't be on the same circuit breaker as the music. It's like <laughs> the coffee makers. Well, the they coffee blow makers. everything, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem with outdoor weddings. Like, you have to tell people. I, and, and I learned this early on, because from my sound guys, they would say, I need two dedicated 20-amp circuits that no one else touches. Not the flowers, not the, I mean, not the lights, not the photographers. Not, we don't want the photography charging the batteries in it. I mean, just two 20-amp circuits. And, and it, it matters in the amount of generators that they have to hire. Like if you're doing an outdoor party in Quag or in the Hamptons. Absolutely, or, absolutely. You know. Thank you. No, I know it's a lot to do. I, I'm, I'm doing a small party where they're asking basically eight amps. Just explain the power to me. Okay, what's... Yeah. What's a normal plug? A normal, like a normal house plug? Yes. Uh, uh, how many amps is it? Yes. I think it's 110. 110 amps. 110 amps. What's so that's why at a professional thing you need a 220. Okay. And, and when they say dedicated, it means that it's a line coming from a generator somewhere. Or a... That's only dedicated to you. That's only dedicated to the band. So when we say two dedicated 20-amp circuits, we mean... And that's for a big band. And that's only for the band. Because I've got a little tiny jazz band, and he wants nothing. Oh, yeah, they don't need much. They could plug into the wall. I mean, I've done people... Right, that's what he says, practically. And then... um, Because they use little amps. They don't even bring a sound system, I need 12 amps for the DJ. Which is nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And then the space was going, oh, the electrician, you know, was making a big (laughs) hoo-ha. And so I called everybody, and they're saying, hey, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's, you know. So that's, everything's, that's what I mean about being a producer and a director. Everything is your job. Unfortunately, like get there unfortunately and it is. There's, uh, there's not enough power. Cable, power, lines, um, where the coat check, and now the space who knew I was going to do a confetti cannon are now telling me, oh, it's my company's job to clean it up. But they've known all along. Oh, I got a better one for you. Someone hired a um, a dry ice thing to make. Yes. Money. And the play, and they hadn't again. There wasn't a party planner, an event coordinator, whatever. And and event coordinator is a probably a, a fairly young person who hasn't had much experience, who doesn't necessarily have a, a proper company. 
mm -hmm. uh, event coordinator, it's sort of like... Yeah, I'll come in and take care of this Well, one. the chap over there at the church is quite rude about them. He says there are people running around in black at the back of the room. You know, event coordination, I, I don't really know what that is. It's certainly not a professional party planner. Event designer, event planner, you know. So what does your card say? I mean, not that people have business cards anymore. But Kate Edmonds Corporate and Private Events, LTD. We're a corporation, and um, we plan, direct, and produce, you know, proper, uh, private, corporate parties, weddings, some It's funny, people listening to this who don't realize that it's a big deal, that it is a production, it is. Oh, yes, I think they think, oh, the plaza's going to do this and yeah. the band's going to do that. Right. So what they do is they end up asking millions of questions of all the vendors. And getting different answers from different people. And instead of making it cohesive, um, and they, they wear themselves out, they frazzle their nerves, they miss things out. Right. Um, oh, I haven't got a tent for the rain plan. Oh, right. I forgot music for the ceremony. Uh, oh, I forgot to order the ballroom chairs. Do you know how many times I've, mean, I've had to say to people, well, we've hired a string quartet and the party's going to be outside. And I'll say, have you thought about, these are people coming with probably $10,000 instruments. If there's a hint of, if one of drop moisture. of rain, they're leaving. They're well, going inside. Well, they're going inside. Yeah. They, they, they're not, they don't mean to be mean, but these, these are extremely expensive. This is how they make their living. Yes. You know, you, they can't play. And if you have an outdoor power, they'll die. <laughs> they'll yes, yes. So what is your B plan? You always have to, uh, for outdoor weddings, you have to B plan. Oh, absolutely. It's the thing I look at first. I just um, went with a delightful couple and their families to Pennsylvania to look uh, first and foremost, you know, to make a beautiful rain plan because it's 250, 300 people. Yeah. So we have to have a fantastic rain plan. So that's it has what, to be a fantastic that's rain what plan. We put in plan. That's what we did first. And we came up with something great. I'm very excited. And then we're going to plan for as much outside as possible. But then, you know, hedge our bets. So like when you think of a Gatsby party, you know, it's like the music is in the background. You can have a conversation. And it could be a big, it could be a 20-piece band. But it has to be, you don't have to, the trumpets don't have to be mic'd. Right, so the trumpets are mutes. The, the, the That's why I love the fact that you said mutes, you know, that you understand, understand. Well, I do the plans often for the bands. So we do the floor plans. Right. So we have to work out where the video will be, you know, in a non-for-profit, for instance. You're giving out awards. Mm. So the band's got to be there. The non-for-profit's got to be there. I've got to light everything, stage everything. The audio's got to be right. You've got to the video correctly positioned to get everybody, the photographer, um, egress. Maybe you've got a guy in a wheelchair, you know, building a ramp. Right. So I'm used to placing the band and understanding where they are and putting in a stage at the back for the drummer. And Like if you see the guitar player, you told everybody to move their their equipment in the back and you, and the guitar player's got his coat there and he's in the middle hanging of the his winter. coat on the back of his bag yeah, but, yeah and but, it looks terrible but, but and, you don't see it when you're and that's there. great as a band leader that you're taking care of that but that's yeah. also our team's of job oh of course we go up and say gentlemen we mentioned there yeah. is a coat room 
Right. <laughs> there is a green room. Sandwiches are in there. Off you go. Chop, chop. Right. Exactly. And they're like, oh, it's her again. Oh, you have no idea how many times I have to literally. And, and I work with the same guys all the time. And then I'm like, no, you know, I don't like all the glasses on the stage. So that's why I let people take a full break. And also I don't like my bands drinking. Right. Um, I don't mind if they have a glass of wine with dinner. Mm -hmm. Because that's fine. But, you know, I have had experiences over the years where I've come across bands who just do drink and it's awful. Okay. So what's the best advice you can give a bride and groom? I have the couples come in. Right. And we do the chronology so that the chronology is the timeline of the weekend yes. or the day. So, so it, we, we do our chronology and we put in all the vendors, their thoughts and timing and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we make sure everybody has one. So the bride and groom plan that with me because it, we're deciding when the first dance is, when the cake cutting, when the speech with dad, when the best man, you know, that kind of thing. Right. What's the fun send off? Um, and if she's going to put a second dress on or if she needs a bustle or whatever. So that mm -hmm. all goes in the chronology. Right. Very, very detailed. Um, and the vendors don't get all of it. They certainly don't get our right, load. Right, you don't need it. No, I mean, but they who, need their load You don't need in. to know when the dress is being bust, no. bustled. No, well, sometimes it's on there, but they get their pertinent pieces and where they put their bags and wh where they load in and all that jazz. Right. Um, but I do tell the bride and groom that it's very important that they focus on each other on their wedding day. Ooh, that's good. 100% because it's so easy to be pulled away to chat with Aunt Margie and give a kiss to mm -hmm. an old, you know, school friend or whatever. And I think that they should do the day together. Um, and they should eat together. And this is something we, we, we definitely organize. You know, we organize snacks and breakfast or lunch when they're getting ready. We make sure they sit down together either at a sweetheart table or at a... A dining table. I mean, sure they eat, so they're and not they starving. And they, the they get lovely. And then when they've been married, whilst she's bustling or they're putting on, you know, touching up their makeup before they have some more photos, then there's hors d'oeuvres and champagne and everything for them as well. So there's, there's no excuse for not eating. Um, but then I say that if they visit tables, because if you have a wedding under 150 people, you can move around the room and visit the tables. Under right? 150, yeah. Um, and I say go together. There's nothing as cold That's in a so room. That's so interesting. Yeah, go together. Slip your arm around her waist. And yeah, I always see them split up. No, and that's, that's my best advice. Go together because at the end of the day, you want a shared a experience. That's right. You want a shared experience. You don't want her looking at the video and go, oh, you were with that. I didn't talk to them, you know. That's what one of the corniest, you know, for the first time as husband and wife, you know, the band leader says. It really is your first dance as a husband and wife. That's the, that is completely accurate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Which I, is really interesting. And, I, I, and if you watch the bride and groom focused on each other and making sure they're comfortable or nobody's standing on the back of their dress or they're sitting down to have something to eat together, um, that's that makes the whole room more magical. Really Would you say the first dance sets sets the whole thing up? No. Do you advise people to have take lessons or not? Yes. I like 
Yes, because you're going to make <laughs> your your guests. Remember, it's a Broadway show. Yes, that's so, right. So you're going to make your guests sit through nearly a song. Mm. I mean, I do have the clients that say, please organize it so people... We're only put, dancing for a minute and a half, and then you invite everybody else. And then, then you invite all the bridal party for the dance changes, and then you go on. Because we're going to dip. Right. <laughs> every every right. choreographer ends with a dip. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> so, so... I've done those weddings where it is a bit painful waiting for them to end because they can't dance. You know? Right, right. And they picked a weird song. It's even scarier. But, they, but no, I don't think it's about that. I think it's about uh, the bride and groom, whether they dance or not. I've done weddings where there, there is no dancing. They're from another culture. They have a luncheon. They maybe have one dance if... Mm -hmm. um, or it could be an Orthodox wedding where they're Orthodox separate, Jewish wedding with a separate... But they dance. Yeah, they'll dance, but separate men and women. They have yeah. To know that stuff. You know, there's all different things, and it can all be fabulous in its own way. But I think that if the bride and groom show their love yes. and their respect for each other and nurture each other and enjoy each other that day, because, you know, the rehearsal dinner, you, they're all with their family coming in, planning the wedding is crazy the week before. Uh -huh. The guys, the girls, they're having their girls' the night. They need to spend that really beautiful day together that sort of keys them so up. So they should really honeymoon. be inseparable. Yeah, absolutely. So Definitely. romantic. Oh, um, so how do people find you? Oh, um, they can go on my website, kateedmondsevents.com. With an O. With an O, thank you. I don't really tweet. I, I don't really Not tweet. I um, take care of my website and I have a blog. And you can Google me. Um, I'm Google. I've done that myself. <laughs> so I have you too. Are we off the air now? We are off the air. Excellent. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did, because I swear I could listen to that woman talk all day long. I am now officially on Instagram. I've been posting for the past couple of weeks. You'll find me under Doug Winters Music. This coming Thursday, uh, I'm going to be sitting down with a DJ from Los Angeles. So as my good friend Rachel Maddow would say, watch this space.